0: This morning we are gonna be looking what I'm intending to be a very quick sermon, but not one without its great importance, and one hopefully that serves as a springboard for probably the next good year um, overall of our teaching, and that is because as, as we look back or as I personally have reflected over these years, it has been with great intention that we looked outside of ourselves. Because it is my personal strong opinion that the Lord's Church um, congregations that we are familiar with are very internalized. Everything is internal about the church and, and what goes on, typically at the building, for that matter. And sometimes we might even get a little bit outward thinking, and we might think about the church outside of this building. But often, as is the characteristic of many congregations, it does not go too far beyond that unless it's maybe— um, In a matter that some individuals will do and so over the years we look a lot at evangelism really harped on that and we've even looked at a lot of outreach from a standpoint of what we we do as brothers and sisters in Christ and how we reach out to our community and and by and large it's been a beautiful thing to see and today's just one more example of it so it's very very wonderful but just as Embry had read for us in Acts chapter 2 At the very beginning when the Lord's church was established, the very first thing that you are seeing is this internal building up of the body where the church is fully devoted to the church. What I mean by that is all these saved individuals are coming together and they're having this very strong shift in the way they live life. And it's a very intense relationship that brothers and sisters in Christ have with one another because of their circumstance. And what you're seeing here in Acts chapter 2 is not limited to the very first moments. You're seeing this all throughout what we refer to as the New Testament scriptures. And so what I'm wanting for us to do this morning is to simply look at these passages in Acts chapter 2. And then we'll finish with a quote that Michael even quoted this morning out of Romans, not Michael, I think it, it was Brent that quoted out of Romans chapter 12 about us being devoted to one another. And so I want us to see these things and see what we are able to do in looking at our walk together as body of believers, as a community. And the first thing I want us to focus on is this concept of church. And I don't want to just get into the word ecclesia and, and look at it. We've had many sermons over the years that deal with this definition and what have you. I just want us to see what we see in scriptures of what's taking place in lives. Okay, and this is what the church is, if you will. And so number one, we see church being made up of sinners, naturally, who have been saved, and they're tired of sin, right? And they no longer want to live their way, they want to live God's way and to actually see what God has intended from the very beginning. Right, I've said this many, many times. We are made in God's image, Uh, Genesis 1, verse 26. And because we're made in his image, we're made in his characteristic likeness. And because of that, we ought to be living a certain way. But the thing is, we do our own thing. We make our own choices, and we veer off away from him. And at some point, we realize that's just not working for us and that we desperately need his salvation to come back to him. And when we come back to him, we're saying, we want to live, God, your way that you've intended for us. And so this kingdom we call church, if you will, this community we call church, are a people who are dedicated to growing in this image of God. And when we do so individually, then every individual that makes up the collective body, the corporate body of the the church that belongs to our Lord, is living in a way that is very different than the world. And it stands out. And that is why you have passages that tell us that we are the salt of the earth, that we are a light set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Right? We stand out because this community of believers look different in the way they live life. Furthermore, if you're looking at the church then in this regard, What we are, in essence, then, are a people who are saved through God's love, and through God's love, love God. And through God's love, love our fellow men. Because that's what God does, right? He loves us, his creation. And so that's the very simplistic way of what we're looking at when we talk about church. Now, we can go through the scriptures and we're going to be doing that over the next year or so and seeing how the church is involved and dedicated to one another just as is exemplified in Acts chapter 2. And so what I'm wanting us to do is note this, for lack of a better term, template that we can see in Acts chapter 2. I want us to reread what what Embry read for us and I want us to see particularly in two verses, right, that we're going to get, right? Um, And we're going to particularly look at these verses where they devoted themselves to one another and they same exact Greek word continued with one mind. They were devoted in one mind to one another. And so in Acts chapter two, I want us to look again at these verses. So Peter has just concluded preaching to them and said to be saved from this perverse generation and they're going to be called out of the world and into this saved community. Of believers of Jesus that's what we're seeing here in Acts chapter 2 and so in verse 40 with many other words he exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation and then those who gladly received his word were baptized (coughs) right that's why every invitation I was giving over, over these years it's this concept of saying I'm dying to this old man and I want to rise to walk in newness of life where Jesus is my Lord he is my king not just my savior. And he's going to show me how I'm supposed to live life in this kingdom. So those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, or they devoted themselves, depending on your translation, to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread, And then prayers. Just hold on to that for just a minute. They devoted themselves in the teachings of the apostles. And the teachings of the apostles are basically the teachings that Jesus taught them. They are now extending what they themselves have learned. And so the church is being devoted to these teachings because they're learning how to live in this kingdom. They're learning how to Have relationships with each other that's the concept of fellowship the idea of fellowship is not simply that we come into this building and we do things just the right way and everything that's all good but that's not the point the point is that we all have genuine fellowship through the blood of Jesus with one another and we're devoted to this fellowship we're devoted to this holy relationship that is found in Jesus That's what they're devoted to through the teaching of the apostles. They're also devoted to the breaking of bread. And there is this discussion, there's this debate, and honestly, I I don't know. Like, I used to think, okay, it's got to be this. But I don't even know exactly the scripture, if, if we're talking about the Lord's Supper here or not. All I know is they were devoted to this breaking of bread. And even if it is just the Lord's Supper, well, that's something to be said. But what if it's that, or what if it's the idea of, This concept that we are together the 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 most beautiful meal that you can have is a covenant meal right you just read in Scripture where covenants have been made and a meal had been taken as a result that's how important this meal was and it's always seen even with the day-to-day relationships between man and God think about it it's not simply that you take this animal and you put it on this altar and it gets burned up you're actually eating with God but I don't think our Bible studies bring that aspect out too well. See, because God is spirit, he's not going to eat a fleshly animal. And so the belief of the Jews was that this animal is taking up and it's being burnt up. And all the invisible aroma things are the things that our God is eating. That was the mindset that many that would have. Not just to Yahweh, but many people would actually have outside of Judaism... This type of mindset in their worship to the gods that they're actually having a meal with the gods so this is no different this concept of eating is very very key in the Apostles teachings the breaking of bread and then the idea of prayer right we are told in many places in Scripture about brethren who are to pray without ceasing to lift up holy hands that the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It profits a lot. And so they were taught this lifestyle of continual prayer for whom? Well, we can read for each other, for people in the world. But prayer was a very, very vital aspect. And so these are things that the church, when they became separated from the world, and, and when I mean separated from the world in a very realistic way because we're talking about people who are Jews, They're being separated from the rest of their Jewish brethren because they're brought near the through the blood of Jesus Christ into this small knit community. Right. There's only 3000 of them. We think that's a lot of people and it is compared to a small congregation of our size. But it's still a small niche community like a mustard seed. That is eventually going to take over the world. But it starts off in this regard. And the way they do it is by virtue of being devoted to themselves. Okay. The other thing that we get in, particularly in verse 46, we're going to read through now the rest of these passages um, or verses into this. So it says in verse 43, fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together because they were devoted to each other. They're together. They had all things in common They sold their possessions and goods. They divided among them all as anyone had need. That's the idea of being devoted to to one another. And then in verse 46, so continuing daily, the very word that was used where in the New American Standard uh, Translation where they're devoted to one another, it's this concept here in verse 46. Continuing daily. They're devoted to each other, in other words. They continue daily with one accord in the temple. Think about it. They'll have individual lives. Now, cu- culturally speaking, they lived in a small, much closer together, knit community. And by the way, many of these individuals are from afar off, right? They're from all over the, the known Jewish world. But they came for... Pentecost they came for Passover and then Pentecost and while they were there they heard the gospel and they decided to to stay there and continue and devoted themselves in the body of Christ and as a result they were living together and in doing so every single day they met together in the temple and again if verse 42 and 43 were not weren't enough particular verse 42 they were continuing daily in the breaking of bread from house to house Do you see this idea of fellowship taking place amongst Christians? Christians with Christians every day. Daily in the temple and daily from house to house breaking bread. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. It is no doubt in my mind... Hearkening back to the days in which the, the nation of Israel are together in the wilderness. And every day they went out and they gathered together, they collected together, and they ate together. Right? Now, naturally, 3,000 people aren't, aren't going to have a meal of 3,000. Let's potluck 3,000 of us. That's not what's taking place. What it's saying is within the body of Christ, in this church in Jerusalem, you have all kinds of individuals are together. And I don't know what that looked like very explicitly. You know, did everyone break off into like, I know you and you know me and we're all together our our subgroups and what have you? That's what I would imagine. But the picture is this whole congregation of brethren are doing this in a sense of togetherness. Eating their house from, I mean, eating their bread from house to house with gladness and simplicity in heart. And then they were praising God. And in so doing, had good favor from the community at large. That's the picture. The net result is people from the outside, namely fellow Jewish brethren, right, because these are Jews, they're looking at this church and they see something different. They see salt. They see light. And it's actually influencing the Jewish community at large so much so that we are told that this church continues to multiply. When you read Acts 3, Acts 4, Acts 5, it's multiplying because they're praising God and having favor in their community. And that's the thing about this biblical devotion that I think we need to kind of take a step back and look at what we're doing because for all that we are doing wonderfully well, and and there's a number of things for us to, to really rejoice in, And that's the reason why we have so many beautiful cards that are written about letters and phone calls or emails or visits. And those are exactly what we're talking about right here. But I guarantee you, just like we can read, which we will eventually look at in Acts chapter 6, we have brothers and sisters in Christ that fall through the crack. Right? That's if you look at Acts chapter 6, we have brethren falling through the cracks of being In need in help and in a sense forgotten and so those are the things that I'm wanting us to to look over time as we devote ourselves to one another in this congregation so here's the thing if we're looking at the church as we see it in Acts chapter 2 particularly in verses 42 through 46 the church is a community where I'm using the word perfection in quotes What I really mean by that is that we are devoted to one another in love because that's what love is. It's a picture of perfection, a picture of maturity, a picture of completeness. First Corinthians 13 makes that point obviously clear. It's being practiced by us, sinners who've been saved, imperfect people who are being molded in the image of Christ. And as we continue to grow in Christ, we become more and more like Jesus. We become more and more like his perfection. That's why you have passages like Ephesians chapter 4 where the whole body being um, joined and knit together grows up into a what? A mature or in some translations of what we can get is a perfect man. That's the picture that we have. And that's the thing that I'm wanting for us to be able to do is have this picture right here. And so the question I would ask us is how devoted are we? And I'm wanting you to ask this of yourself as I need to ask it of mine. How devoted are we to the body of Christ? Because our fruit, as we looked at two weeks ago, is very telling. I can say with my lips that I'm devoted to the body of Christ, and with my lifestyle, have nothing to really do with the body of Christ, other than once in a blue moon I show up. I make my face known. And I'm a Christian. Or Do we look like that church that we are reading of in Acts chapter 2? Are we that devoted, like the, the church where they had all things in common? That's unbelievable. And yes, I know our circumstances, our culture is very different today, but do we have that same mentality of devotion to one another like the first century? That's what we're asking ourselves. Are we devoted to one another, or are we simply spending time at a building? A.K.A. right here, right now. Are we spending time fellowshipping, if I can use it in a verb form like that, fellowshipping with God's people day by day? Or is it, I'll see you on Wednesday, or I'll see you next Sunday? Where's our relationship with one another? How devoted are we to each other? Or is our fellowship with our job? Is our fellowship with our retirement? Is our fellowship limited to just our family? Because what I see in Acts chapter two, what I see in the rest of the New Testament scriptures about the Lord's churches, they're completely devoted to everyone that makes up the kingdom. And practically, it cannot mean that I'm involved in every single person's life every single day, there's not enough time. There's limitations, because we're human beings. But over the course of our lives, what are we showing? What is our fruit? And again, an aspect that I think is absolutely fundamental and huge, and you'll just ask this of any place. When do we get to actually build on our relationships with one another? Is it right here at the building? When is it that we actually draw near to one another in the day-to-day life? You'll see it typically over over food. (laughs) Think about it. That's one of the reasons why when, when Julie and I moved here, we decided we wanted to have potlucks because this is just time shared with one another that is very, very, um, I don't know, very fundamental to relationships, right? And we break off into our smaller groups and what have you within the potlucks because, well, it's just a lot of people. We can't, we can't talk to each other all at the same time. <laughs> but those are very good to have, and it's not limited to that, we, all the time, Having meals together, having prayers together, having moments that we share in each other's lives. And what a beautiful thing to do it from house to house. So I'm asking you, how devoted are we to the saved, to the community of Jesus Christ? So here's the thing. I want you to ask this question in lot of a challenge I'm going to give to you in two more slides. I'm going to give you a verse and then I'm going to give you the challenge. And this is going to be the first of number of challenges that I'll probably try and give every single week so that we get into a framework and get into a practicing framework. How much, not mentally, but sacrificially are we willing to give of ourselves to see the Lord's church? And particularly for us, since we all come together on Sundays and Wednesdays, to this congregation, to this church family. How much are we devoted to see the Lord's church flourish? Because that's why the church, I believe, that God was adding to day by day was flourishing because it was a genuine light in the Jewish community. Just as we can be a genuine light here in Franklin. Do they see it? I can guarantee you right now, the world will not see what a light we are just as we are in this room because... It's not like our Facebook page gets lit up (laughs) with views. And it's not like the whole world is coming into this building. But we as individuals that make up the body of believers, when the world sees what we're doing in its community that we belong to, that's when it sees the shining light. That's when it sees the salt of the earth. Think about it. There's no other way for it to see. If if there is one, please share with, with me how they can see us. If they can see us in this room right now, if the world can, then maybe there's a way that I'm, I'm completely missing that I need to, to take stock in and, and to preach on. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 tells us that day by day the Lord was adding to the church those who are being saved. And that's because of what you see in verses 42 through 46. So here's a challenge I want to give you based upon this passage of scripture. Romans 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Well, what does that look like? How are you devoted to each other in brotherly love? Well, I can tell you that Acts 2 is a very beautiful working illustration of brethren being devoted in brotherly love. And in our modern context, we can do the same. I know we have um, obstacles that they did not have in the first century. If I were to bank on it, I'd say that, that they lived within a mile of each other. We live like within 60, 70 miles from one end to the other end. That's a long, I'm just looking at the haze right now. <laughs> they live in Alabama, and then we have some in Kentucky, right? <laughs> we, we, we cover from north to south, east to west. And I know I exaggerated the point, but that's a long distance. <clears throat> we also live with about 300 horsepowers. Right? A lot of horses we have that can carry us from place to place. We have a lot of means by which we can share in each other's lives day by day. And if not from the physical being able to see each other, we live in times when we can just share in each other's lives so beautifully through quick communications. But hopefully not limited to those things. Hopefully we get to explore face-to-face interaction in each other's life. So here's the challenge. I'm going to see how many of you are willing to even accept this challenge as early as right now. I want you to look at this passage Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 tells us that we are to do good to all men but especially the household of faith right Galatians 6 verse 10 I challenge everyone in this congregation every single one of us myself included whether it's today or next week is is going to be a blip on the screen because next week we've got our potluck and and imagine we're going to invite someone from church to our potluck among brethren (laughs) is so someone from the congregation here, but hey there are gonna be some of us in this room that may have never been maybe in the last five years ten years have been to Our gathering together and it could be for whatever reason that you have, but you can invite them right Invite someone today to lunch. I know I mean I think it's because of our era that we live in now But I know when when Julie and I first moved here it was a culture shock for us because we hardly ever went out. Now it seems like we go out sometimes multiple times a day. It's such a different culture, right? But there was a time in which you just invite people to your home, the place with the four walls that we have, that we live in and eat food, that place, right? Invite someone, whether it's to your own home, you might say, but Mitchell, I don't have, my food's not ready for all kinds of people. My house is not ready. There'll be more sermons along those lines that deal with those kinds of issues. But here's the thing. If you have the financial means, invite someone out to lunch. Doesn't matter. We don't have to go to to an expensive place. You know, some of us, it's okay. We can eat at McDonald's. It's all right. Right? Just spending time with each other. That's what's important. Really, it is. Brethren, I believe if we want to really grow, we've got to be so internally devoted to one another. The community at large sees this devotion. And it is attractive when sharing the gospel. Because they see, they don't see a church where they're saying, well, I don't want to be like those hypocrites or anything like that. I want to see a community that really looks like God. And that's what I'm challenging you to, to do. Now, ironically, as I share this with you, because of our family situation next week, our family is going to be out of town. So you're like, Mitch is giving us this challenge and now he up and leaves. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'll be back after next Sunday. But, uh, and I want us to have this weekly challenges where we can show this devotion to each other. And so if you're not ready today and you're like, man, this stresses me out to think about having someone out. whatever, I don't want to do that to you. I want it to be out of a genuine Desire of devotion that you have not out of an obligation not out of a law out of the desire That's the invitation That's your challenge, and I pray that you're up to it. I pray as a result that we grow from this exercise Now if you're here this morning, I want you to stop and think about these words about the church being devoted to one another We do it out of our imperfection we do it knowing that we have our weaknesses The more you spend time with each other, listen, at some point, we let our guards down. We don't say the things in the best possible way with our best possible foot going forward. And that's where the rubber meets the road that we are long-suffering toward one another, forgiving one another, patient with one another. Because we're going to mess up. We're all going to sin. I'm going to sin against you in some way that I say something foolish. I say something, you know, despite the teachings of our wisdom classes, I'll be the ones that I'll put my foot in my mouth. But those are opportunities for us as a body of believers to practice forgiveness and to practice overlooking, right? Love overlooks a multitude of sins. Hopefully we're not doing a multitude of sinning, but that we can be this kind of people that are forgiving, kind to each other, putting up with one another and growing in our devotion to one another you're going to have to die to yourself and so the invitation is for you to do just that and that watery grave we call baptism is the beginning of you saying I'm devoted to Jesus Christ and his church and brethren I pray that if if, if you're wanting to just live in your own recluse life and I don't mean it facetiously not at all I mean it with all sincerity You're missing out on the beauty that Jesus Christ desired and intended for his kingdom. Because that's what everlasting life is going to be. People who are saved by the blood of Jesus devoted to each other in this way of life. And that's your invitation as well. Why don't you come forward as together we stand and sing.